This is an Hooks Radio podcast. So, Patrick. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm a Patrick, Patrick Flannery, Sin Madness. And uh, where are we, Patrick? This is a very nice place. The International Butler's Academy in Simpelveld, the Netherlands. Yeah. And uh, my brother Robert uh, put it all together and he owned it, but then he, he sold it, but now he's the director, so he runs it. Yeah. Um, but uh, a very nice lady from China purchased it. Okay. And um, it's one of those places that you gotta see to believe. <laughs> what do you it's, think? It's, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I, I, we, we, we walk through the place, it's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And if you walk through this place many times, you'll always find something new, new. that you haven't seen. Yeah. It's, just, it's just that way. Yeah. And this is my second time coming to this location. Uh, I was here in 2016, and now I'm back. And it blows my mind every day I'm here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I go home, I'll be thinking about it for a long time. Long time, yeah. It's just so much. And, and Robert decorated this whole place. Yeah, he picked out every piece, of, yeah. every bit of furniture, every uh, painting, every... every Everything, yeah, literally. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. It's great. It's yeah. Great. What, what, you you are come to the Netherlands, but what's your connection with the Netherlands, Patrick? Because uh, you speak a little bit Dutch. Yeah, a klein beetje in the Netherlands. <laughs> my my uh, father was from Friesland, and uh, so my my noma and opa were here, and my tante Witska and uh, Rik and. So, uh, my dad wanted to move here to be closer to his parents because yeah. they were getting old, elderly. So we lived here from 1971 to 1973, and back then I spoke fluent Dutch because okay. I was a kid, and I, I uh, kids are like sponges. So it took me like one month to learn the whole to language. Learn, uh, okay. And whenever I spoke with Dutch people back then, they had no idea I was American because I. I Automatically, just from hearing it, I learned to speak with a Dutch uh, accent. Uh, so all these years later, this is my third time back to the Netherlands in uh, since 2012. So I find that little words and things keep uh, coming out of my brain now. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, like like before. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I thought I'd lost so much of it, but it's funny. Little things will come to me. And I'll say, Robert, is uh, the proper way to say this word in Dutch? And he'll go, yeah. And I go, wow, I haven't thought of that word. Yeah, yeah. And it just, and it's not even, nobody even said the word. But they're just speaking Dutch and then it's bringing up other yeah, words and, yeah. and things. That's amazing. And like you were saying, it's in my brain somewhere. Yeah. It never left. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And I can't tell you what it means to me. To be able to come back here so many times. Yeah. Before 2012, I literally thought I would never see the Netherlands again. Okay. You know. Um, Why? Well, because everything's expensive, and I'm busy with the the band, and uh, you know, uh, I just didn't picture it. You know, uh, and now all of a sudden I'm here for the third time. Yeah. Okay. And, and I would come back more if I could. Yeah. You're always welcome. Uh, yeah. And uh, when you come the next time, I'm coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, Sin Madness, what can we expect from Sin Madness the next, 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 next years? Right now we're in the middle of oh. uh, about halfway through our 12th CD yeah. or album. And uh, my focus is on finishing that. And it's very important to me as uh, I get older and as the band gets older, because this is our 30th year. We yeah. started in 1993. Okay. So 2023, 30 years. Uh, it's important to me that this album is better than the last Definitely. album, oh, yeah. you know? And especially as I get older. I do not want to... Because at some point I'm going to retire from, from at least heavy metal. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that I can put out my best album at the end, not not a weaker one. Oh, you know? okay. And, but uh, people say to me, well, why do you even think about retiring? Because the reason is I don't want to be one of those guys that stays around too long and then people feel bad and they go, oh, you know, yeah. five years ago he was really good, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, I want to retire while I can still do a good job. Yeah. That matters a lot to me. But when you retire, Patrick, is it, uh, you, you, you make music now? You will always make music. Yeah. So, and, and that's why we do the, the side... Uh, it started as my solo albums. It's just for recording. Yeah, the, the, the called album. Prophet and the Cowboys yeah, of yeah. Apocalypse. And that's mostly acoustic music. And I just... Uh, like on the last album we put out in 2021, it's by Prophet and the Cowboys of Apocalypse, and it's called Last Days of, in Paradise. And I had all the current members of St. Madness on it, but I also had four other guitar players who used to be in St. Madness contribute songs. Yeah. And uh, other friends I have that are musicians, and I just kind of mash them all together, and we make an album, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Saint Madness is a set band of five guys, yes. But Prophet and the Cowboys of Apocalypse can be anybody. Yeah, co collective, collective. Yeah, it can be anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. if uh, if I, you know, if today you said, yeah, I still play drums, and and. Uh, uh, I love to do it. I would probably say to you, hey, if I send you music, will you go to a studio here in Holland and record the drums and then send them to me and I'll put it in an album. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's a lot of fun to work that way. On the last album, my drummer for St. Madness actually wrote the music uh, for one of the songs oh, that's okay. on the new uh, Prophet album yeah. on guitar. Okay. And he's like multi-talented. I, I, I don't understand guys who have brains like that. Because yeah, yeah. he, he plays, I don't know how many instruments, and he's the best drummer I think I've ever played with okay. in my life. Cool. And um, he's also good with computers. He also adds funny samples over the PA during our shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll be talking, you know, to the audience and... All of a sudden, I'll hear this big nasty fart, and it's him because he has samples, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of he's a little bit of a, a trickster, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, his stage name is Evil T. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, he he almost always has a serious face, but he's actually quite funny. Quite funny, he's yeah, really yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I took on the name Prophet. Uh, that's my stage name back in 1995. And people say, you know, where did you get that? 
And I, I'm sorry to disappoint them that I don't have a great answer, but the, the honest 100% answer is my Aunt Judy yeah. married a guy uh, back in the 80s, and his, his name was Simeon Profeta. Okay. So on her Jeep, she had a, a personalized license plate, and it said Prophet. And when we were trying to think of, okay, what kind of stage names do we want to use? I just kept remembering her license plate that said Prophet. And I said, well, St. Madness, Prophet. Yeah. 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 Okay. It works. And no other deep meaning than that. No, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. And can, can we, um, so uh, uh, is, uh, after you retire, for example, we can expect more Prophets, yeah, songs, yeah. I'll, I'll always because it do. is a brilliant album. It's yeah. a brilliant album. I have, I have it. Yeah, you send it to me. Yeah, and uh, it's, 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 it's not nothing to do with Sid Madness. No. It's completely different. Completely. Album. It's more like uh, Americana yeah. style of music, um, because I'm a person who I like all kinds of music. You know, yeah. uh, I actually feel bad for like I've known people that are like well, I only listen to heavy metal or I only listen to country or, you know. Uh, music for me is the language of the soul. So I'll listen to all kinds of music and I'm influenced by all kinds of music. Oh, yeah. And that's why uh, even on every St. Madness album, if you go through them, they have a lot of variety. Oh, yeah. And I get bored easy, you yeah. know. I like trying new things. I like challenging myself on, on every one of our albums I purposely have a song on each one of them that's difficult for me to sing. Oh, yeah, okay. For that reason. Yeah. Because I don't want to get comfortable and only sing in my comfort zone. And I, you, I have to always have a challenge. Out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And then your comfort zone is being bigger. Yeah, it expands you, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to have that challenge, you okay. know. Um, and, and, and it's like I'm 60 years old now, so... You know, when I go to sing, I go, I want to see if I can still sing as the same way as I did when I was 20 or better. Yeah. I want to improve. Not, yeah, and not. That's, that's possible. Right. Yeah. And But what happens is a lot of famous singers now, and I'm sure your listeners uh, will notice that some of the biggest bands in the world, their singers are not quite up to par anymore. But... That's from constant touring, touring, touring. Yeah. If you went to a gym for that many years, you'd be popping your muscles because they're overworked. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, unfortunately, uh, a lot of bands that are on the bigger labels and stuff, um, they tend to be overworked. Yeah. And, right. and also, if you're not singing correctly and you're singing from your neck, your, your throat, yeah, as, yeah. as opposed yeah. to your diaphragm, yeah. you're going to wear it out, yeah. you know. And, and I see uh, some of my favorite bands where I listen to the singing now and I'm like, oh, you know. Ah, the, the, for example, the, the last uh, White Snake uh, tour, mm -hmm. um, David Coverdale um, uh, used another singer with him. Yeah. To, 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 to help hit the, hit the, the higher notes. The higher yeah. Notes. Yeah. And, 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 but respect for David Coverdale because, oh. because it's yeah. a great singer, but. The same problem. Same touring, problem. Touring, touring, touring. Uh, you know, I love Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Axl Rose is struggling. Yeah. Um, Motley Crue, Vince Neil is struggling. Yeah. You know, uh, if you really listen to them. I don't understand what's going on with some famous vocalists where 
You can't understand what they're singing anymore. Huh. It's like they'll they'll kind of mouth words, wild side, wild. I'm like, I love, because I'm a singer, I guess, I love singing along with bands when yeah. I go see them. I love singing the songs. Yeah. And if the lead singer's up there doing that kind of stuff, it's really difficult to yeah, sing yeah, yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm not knocking anybody because I'm still a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I'm still a huge Motley Crue fan. Also, uh, John Bon Jovi is yeah, struggling yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, some all of the best ones out there are really struggling yeah. because but, I'm still in the underground. So I didn't, I didn't have all that hardcore touring no. all those years where you wear yourself out. No, but the, that's, that's the problem, all the touring. Sammy Hager, same example. Yeah, but he's uh, also 70 Yeah, because, because you know? he's 70, respect. Yeah. Because he's, he's Even a, Rob Halford from Judas Priest, live, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not able to do a lot of what he used to do. Now, I'm not, I'm not knocking that at all, because he sings still incredible for a man his age who's toured as much as he has. Yeah. There's only one singer, in my opinion, that I can say... I went to the concert when he was old, and he always sounded just as great as when he was young, and that was Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. And that yeah. guy had stomach cancer yeah. and was touring and still sounded Sound great, like great. Ronnie James Dio yeah. with that power. Yeah. But again, it, it, Ronnie James Dio is a classically trained vocalist. Yeah, yeah. So he knows the technique to make it last longer yeah. so you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Technique is very important. Important for a singer, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing if you're going to the gym and you're lifting weights. Yeah. If you don't know proper technique, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. I was a gym rat for years, and I worked out with guys that were bodybuilders and wrestlers, and, and some of them were on steroids, so they were like these big monsters. But they taught me proper technique, and, and we'd sit in, in the gym, and you'd see somebody that's doing something completely stupid. Yeah. But I learned very quickly not to say, excuse me, but... Listen, if you keep doing that, you're going to injure yourself yeah. because they get mad. Yeah. So yeah. we just sit back and go, hey, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> Have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but the, uh, the, the, the past week, there was uh, the, the message from Ossie Osborne to retire. Yeah. Uh, he's, what, what, he's, what's, your, what's your opinion? Well, first of all, Ozzy and Black Sabbath, uh, one of my favorite all-time bands and and even as a solo i was you know uh there's only one ozzy osborne yeah. um the the poor man has a lot of medical things and yeah. parkinson's and he got injured a number of times and he's had surgeries and but he's retiring from touring yes. that doesn't mean he's not going to play festivals here and there no no do because one the, the, shows. The, 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 the last album yeah less, the latest album yes yeah. brilliant okay I believe the last two albums... I know, uh, I heard a lot of people criticizing the Ordinary Man album. I love that album. Yeah. I, I love the last two albums. Yeah. Because um, if you remember a few years ago, Zach Wilde got let go. Uh, and I think from Sharon, but I don't know. It might have been just Ozzy, but I believe. Uh, because he had played with Ozzy so long that the Black Label Society albums started sounding like Ozzy albums, just with a different guy singing it. Yeah, yeah. And I believe it was Sharon that went to Ozzy and said, look, you know, you have to have your own sound. Yeah. So they let Zach go back then, 
and Ozzy first brought in Gus G and he did the Scream album, yeah. which which was different from the Zach albums. And now he's doing what I do with Prophet and the Cowboys of Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. He's making albums with a whole with bunch a whole of different bunch of people. Different people yes. And I think it's brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. I brilliant. love it. I love the last two albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your favorite, uh, your favorite song, old, all-time song, your favorite song? Oh my God, "You Can't Kill Rock and Roll" by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, yeah. Should we play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that song says it all. They've tried to kill rock and roll since Elvis Presley first stepped on stage. Okay, and you just can't kill rock and roll. How many times can they fill me with lies and I listen?
Sid Madness? What's your, what's your favorite song from Sid Madness? Oh my God. Uh, because the, because a lot of people in Europe don't know this, but uh, Sid Madness have, have made a lot of songs. I will say the most important song to me, more than, uh, I can't say a favorite, because I write the lyrics for yeah. the band, and I love them all, but... That's why I the, ask you. <laughs> the, the, but the, the most important song yeah. to me is uh, one of the new ones that I sent you called My Music Manifesto. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is, uh, that song is my way of uh, saying goodbye to our fans, okay. and uh, all the people who have stuck with me from all the way back to when I was singing Elvis in high school. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's just my way of, of saying thank you because to me, uh, my music is my life. It's not about money because if I was in uh, music for money, I would have quit 30 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, But you, you told it's me you... my heart and my soul, yeah. you know? And um, that song was very difficult for me to write and even to sing. I have songs uh, about losing my mother and uh, about losing my sister. And um, I mean, the song Kate that's on the Prophet and the Cowboys album that I wrote it for my sister when she was dying from lung cancer. It was my way of saying to her, remember growing up, all those really cool, nice things you did for me, I just want you to know I never forgot. Yeah. And... Uh, I I had tears in my eyes the whole time I, I recorded that one. So much so that uh, I first recorded the vocals over at Sid, my lead guitarist from St. Madness's house. He had a little Pro Tools set up and we were actually just writing the song at that time. And so I had to sing it for us to get a beginning, middle, and end. And there was so much emotion on that first time that that's the voice that is on the album. Yeah, yeah. I didn't redo it because I, I listened to it and I thought I could never make it better than Been that. Dead. Okay. You know? yeah. But my music manifesto is about my 40-something years in music and, and it's just a way of, before I retire, being able to say thank you to everybody yeah, yeah. that supported nice, us nice. and me. We played it also on Luke's radio and it's a very nice song. Yeah. 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 And the video, we, we, uh, my co-producer is Larry Elia, and he owns Mind's Eye Digital uh, Recording Studio in Phoenix, Arizona, but he also does videos, and he made the uh, lyric video for that. Okay. And uh, look it up on YouTube, it's just St. Madness, my music manifesto video, and it, it literally has pictures of me in there from when I was singing Elvis in high school all the way to now. Yeah. And Larry made an incredible video. Yeah. Questionable things, hope I didn't sell my soul 
In the beginning it was all the bright lights I needed love from every side Even though the money wasn't there The power of music made me high So high, so high, so high So high I know I've let so many of you down I was focused in my own mind the clatter of thoughts was the only sound Another lonely joker in time Gave what I had in every show Sang my songs as the world turned cold Sacrificed any normal life Under light shining so bright This is my music manifesto
The Knife Light Rock Podcast. You can listen Knife Light Rock Show every Friday, 2200 hours, Central European Time. At Hooks Radio, the Dutch Rock Station. Tune in at hooksradio.nl. So I've, I've seen the picture. You 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 show me the picture. Yeah. Um, Mr. Patrick Flannery. Uh, Elvis is doing Elvis Presley. Right. Ah, very cool. Right. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. And that is the, ba- the, the your basic. The, yeah. The teacher told you. Well, be, before Elvis died, you know, I wanted to be a soccer player. I, I lived in Holland as a boy, and I learned how to play football, and, and it, it is still my favorite sport. And um, my dream was to be a professional soccer player. And I was 15 years old and uh, living in California at the time. I was, I was swimming in a pool with a friend of mine and his mother came out and she goes, guess who died today? And I said, who? And she said, Elvis Presley. And I said, who cares about him anyway? And I continued to swim. And over the next week, uh, every news station was focused on the death of Elvis Presley. Every newspaper, every magazine. And I realized this guy was way more important, you know, and I, uh, than I thought. And I started to feel bad for saying, who cares about him? Okay. So I started reading every magazine, every newspaper, every book. I can't tell you how many books about Elvis I've read. Every movie. And um, I was still doing sports, but I would buy Elvis records and I'd take them home. And at night in my bedroom, I, I had a little Honer amp with a mic. And I would sing to the Elvis Presley records. And God bless my mom and my stepdad because they put up with that shit because I was singing every night. And so I joined choir at school. And my choir director, his name was Donald Bowers, and he really didn't care for me. And he would call me Homer. He would never call me Patrick. And um, I don't know what happened, but the guy next to me, who, who I thought didn't care for me either, I only had a handful of friends back then. But he went to Donald Bowers and he said, you know, you really need to listen to Patrick sing because he sounds like Elvis. And I was like 17 or something at the time. And in the middle of class, we had at least 45 members or more. I think it was more like 65, but it was a large choir. Uh, Suddenly Donald Bowers goes... Homer, come down here. And I thought, shit, you know, what do I do? I'm in trouble. Hey, I have a big problem. And I walked down there and he says, do you know the song Blue Christmas? And, and I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, sing it. And he started playing. And we got through a few measures and he stopped. And he said, see me after class. So after class, I go to see him. And I'm thinking, what do I do wrong now, you know? And he, he said, Pat, and... Like I told you, instantly I realized that's the first time this guy's called me my name. He said, Pat, you sound just like Elvis Presley. Would you ever consider we have a Christmas show coming up? And this is Christmas season of 1978. So August uh, of 1977 is when Elvis died. So it was only a little over a year since he died. So he was still very much in the news. 
He said, would you consider singing Blue Christmas at the Christmas concert, and I'll have one of the girls do a duet with you. Would you do that? Yeah. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I've never hardly sang for anybody other than the choir outside of my bedroom, but I, I had nothing to lose, so I thought, okay, why not? So when we did the Christmas concert, um, I signed my first autographs that night, and, and I did a duet with a girl from the choir, and we sang Blue Christmas. So then Donald Bowers comes to me again, and he says, we have a spring concert coming. Would you consider now maybe trimming your hair a bit more like Elvis and dressing up like young Elvis and do a medley of a few songs, and then I'll have girls from the choir start screaming and run up on stage, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And I thought, well, yeah, why not? You know, I've got nothing to lose. So I did it, and that was on a Friday night and uh, in the auditorium at Altaloma High School in Altaloma, California, class of 81. And uh, instantly they went wild. And, and I, that was on a Friday when I went back to school that Monday, everybody knew who I was. Yeah. Because of Elvis. Everyone said And everybody hey, called me Elvis. Elvis, yeah. Elvis, Elvis, right? And I thought, yeah, that's very cool, right? Um, another thing that happened was a reporter from the San Bernardino Sun-Telegram, which was the paper for San Bernardino County, which is quite a large county, came to the school and he said, uh, would you mind if I did a write-up about you? And I said, no, no problem. So I invited him to my house. And he came to my house, and he just heard me sing to Elvis Records, right? So I'm, I'm, again, I'm 17. So when the paper comes, it's almost a full-page article about this 17-year-old kid who has a kingly ambition. And um, I couldn't believe it. That was my first press of, of music, you know? And the other thing is, once I started singing Elvis music, I instantly uh, had a number of girlfriends, and I thought, you know, all those sports I played all those years never got me a girlfriend, so I think I'm going to stick with music. <laughs> I'm going to play music right? for the girls. So the Elvis thing lasted somewhere about a year and a half to two years, no more than that. And I heard someone call me Elvis one too many times, and I thought to myself, Pat, if you're going to stay in music, you have to have your own image because there's yeah. already been an Elvis yeah. and you're not him. You have to write your own music. You have to have your own image. Yeah. So from that point, and I don't know how I did it, but I, I jumped from imitating Elvis Presley right into creating hard rock and heavy metal band. Yeah. And I've been doing that ever since. Okay, cool. So cool. Margie, your, uh, your, your wife. Yeah. She's very important. Margie is besides my mother, yeah. and they're tied yeah. in my mind. Is the greatest woman I've ever met, okay. and uh, she. Uh, I, I I feel bad because I I have a number of friends that are very good uh, musicians or singers, and their girlfriend or their wife gets jealous or doesn't like it, and then they end up quitting music. Uh, Margie and I have lived together since about April of 1995. And the first number of years, we were just best friends. And I, because I was sowing my wild oats, I was bringing women home, and Margie was nice and cordial to them. But you know, yeah. uh, and, and and at first, I saw Margie as just my best friend. 
because she's six years older than me, and I always had younger girlfriends, and not that that matters. Uh, but I just didn't, I saw her as my best friend, you know? And then one day, I'm standing out uh, in front of the house, and there's a cul-de-sac, and there's a lady walking down the street. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, who's that? You know, I'm kind of looking. Then she turns and starts walking towards me. It's Margie. Okay. I'm I'm saying to myself, how can you, how can you suddenly look at her with that kind of interest okay. when you didn't have that before? And then one day we were having a conversation in the backyard, and it occurred to me that I loved her. And and you have to understand, until that happened, if I would have tried to get with her, I would have cheated on her yeah. because I was more concerned with sex and running around. I wasn't able to, that, I didn't feel it. To, to get a, a good relationship. You know? And, um, but once I knew I loved Margie, that was it. It's like, I still look at women, I love looking at beautiful women. Margie points out beautiful women to me, <laughs> but I can't picture my life without Margie. Yeah, I, I have no interest in being intimate physically with anyone but her. Okay. You know? but, but, and she's also the yeah. manager for yeah. Matters. And she was managing the band yeah. since we started living together. So for the first number of years, uh, she was the band manager, but we were, we were best friends. That was it, okay. you know? Okay. Um, and, and, you know, another thing that happened was I was out at a bar one night and I was watching my friends get drunk and try to get hooked up with girls. And a little voice inside my head said, you've always had the best one at home the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it was God or who it was, but the voice was right. Yeah. You know, and from day one, Margie raised my eldest son, Joshua, just like her own. And, and to this day, they, they have wonderful conversations. Uh, and I, I just kind of sit back and let them talk because I enjoy watching them talk. And she's such a great mother to him. Yeah. And she supports everything I do. She loves the music and she loves the band. And, you know, she doesn't want to travel anymore. She says she's done because she did it most of her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whenever I want to go anywhere, she's like, please go. Go. Yeah. You know, and, and if I want to go to strip clubs, girls Margie will say, okay, honey, I'll see you later. <laughs> and I love that, yeah. you know. And I don't go to strip clubs anymore because now, you know, I, I was sitting in one one day and I looked and the girl could have been not only my daughter, but maybe my granddaughter. And I thought, you know, I'm a dirty old fuck. I, I, I can't do this. You know, I can do this anymore. I don't want if I suddenly was single, I wouldn't even want to look at a woman who's less than 45. You know, yeah, because I and the thing about with Margie is the companionship. You can't buy that. No. You know, and I, I want to be with someone that I can talk to no. and that, that they can talk to me and we understand because we came yeah. up in a similar time. Yeah. You know, I know guys who who uh, want to run and, you know, they're in their 50s and they want a 25 year old girl. Yeah, yeah. More power to them, but I'm I'm not that way. Yeah. It's not me. Okay. Should we play a song for Marzi? Do you have a song for to to play? Yeah, we have two songs, you know. Okay. Now there's a song on the current Prophet and the Cowboys of Apocalypse album yeah. uh, that's called um, "The Beauty of You." Yeah, I wrote for Margie. Very nice song. And there's also a Saint Madness song yeah. called "Az Woman." Yeah. 
Okay. For Arizona Woman. Oh, yeah. Both of those I wrote for Margie, so either or. Yeah.
Okay. Uh, Patrick, um, it's, it's almost a podcast. There's no, there's no, there's no, this is no interview. This is a podcast. Yeah. You make a podcast. That's over. great. Um, you are now in the Netherlands. What do you, what do you, do you like? From you like carnival? You said to me, carnival. I love carnival. I love carnival, I love carnival well, because is, and now it is carnival weekend. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to go tomorrow okay. to see some. When I lived here as a boy, they had carnival. Yeah, and even though I was only like nine or ten years old, it, it was so fun watching all. And and I lived in Horen, and and um, the whole city would close down, and everybody was drunk. Everybody's singing, every, and I just loved it. I yeah. I think I was born to be an entertainer because uh, yeah. I always just love those kind of things. Yeah. And um, like uh, like we you and I were talking about earlier, it's it's important for me to have people know that if you like Saint Madness music, um, we're not concerned with being a rock star. We yeah. we are proud to be entertainers, and the difference is. A rock star, the fans kind of serve. An entertainer serves the fans. Yes. And there's a difference there. Yeah. I, I, I see myself as a regular person like anyone else. And I do not in any way want to be above anyone. I do not want to be better than anyone. But when we're on stage and I see people smiling and they're dancing and they're having fun, I know we did a good job. Yeah. And that's what I'm concerned with. I'm, I'm concerned because... When people come to our shows, they could go to any show they want, but if they choose to spend their money or to come to our shows, I want them to leave not only feeling like they got their money's worth, I want them to feel like they got more than their money's worth. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm too busy worrying about how cool I look. Yeah, well, I look or yeah, what yeah, I, I don't give a shit about yeah. any of that. Right. I just, I want to do a good job. Yeah. And, and this is just my personal thing, but before every show now, I say a quiet prayer and I say, God, please just help me to do a good job. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That matters to me. Yeah. What matters to me is writing good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, creating art. I love creating art. Yeah, yeah. I want to be known for creating art. I don't yeah. want to be known for what a cool rock, rock yeah, guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I understand. I understand. And yeah. uh, uh, you show that with St. Madness, but also your St. Prophet's. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the difference between the music styles. And there's a big difference. Yeah, and yeah, and I'll say this, in the Prophet albums, lyrically, I get more honest about my personal life. Yeah, yeah. Whereas St. Madness, I, I'm, I'm honest, but I don't go as deep yeah. in telling the truth about things that, that, except for my music manifesto, I think I was pretty honest with that one. Yeah. But I wanted to leave behind something that my way of, When I'm dead and gone, people will be able to listen to it and realize how grateful I am to anyone who's ever cared about my yeah. music and about St. Madness. Okay. Nice, nice words, Patrick. Um, what, what will you say to our listeners, to your listeners, Hooks Radio? Do you have a message? Uh, yeah. First of all, let's all try to be a little nicer to each other in this world. We're only here for a short period of time. Yeah. Please don't break up your families over elections and things like that. Please have a little more tolerance and patience with each other. Again, we're only here for a short while. And never, ever, ever stop listening to Hook's Radio. <laughs> and 
Long live the fans of rock and roll and long live Hoops Radio. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Petra. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope to see you, uh, see you, uh, see you around. I want to play the Netherlands, so if there's any booking agents out there, I want to bring St. Madness to the Netherlands. That is a huge goal of mine. Okay, okay. But I probably have tears in my eyes the whole time, and a lot of people don't understand that, but my father was Dutch, and I just immediately fell in love with Holland, and, and Johan Cruyff is my hero, and Ajax is my favorite team, but in the World Cup, I always root for Holland. And my second favorite team is Brazil, but if Holland and Brazil play each other, I root for Holland. Thank you. Thank you. Time is a blessing when it's spent with you. Special moments keep shining through. The angels sing and the flowers bloom. All because of you. Radio Podcast.